Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Nature is pretty good at developing some complex chemistry and material science, and what can we learn from it? Now when it comes to some underwater creatures like mollusks and scallops, there's a lot that they do that's amazing, like survive in really cold waters around Antarctica, or sticking to the sides of rocks in really strong ways. How can we learn from this and make our own materials that can have exactly the same properties, or maybe even better? Now the waters around Antarctica are a pretty cool place, not just literally, though that is true. They also host all kinds of strange and unusual marine animals, marine animals that can survive in some of the strangest conditions, because the waters themselves around the Antarctic are actually so-called supercooled water. Due to the higher salt content, this so-called supercooled water has a freezing point that's pretty interesting, it's about minus 1.9 degrees Celsius. Now, if there's a small kind of disturbance in that water, like grains of sand or a small flow, maybe some dust or other particles, then this supercooled water can all of a sudden snap and freeze. And that's a big deal if you're some small creature living in this water, or perhaps a vessel trying to navigate its way through the region. And that's why these waters are so fascinating to study. That's what researchers have recently published in the journal Communications Biology, a detailed investigation into some interesting findings they found after an expedition to the Antarctic. Now, these researchers are mostly working out of the Max Planck Institute for Polymer Research, MPIP, in Mainz in Germany. And one of the lead authors on this paper, Konrad Meister, is a professor of University of Alaska, who also obviously from Germany, and, and two, doing research in Antarctica, a lot of different cold places across the world. And with fellow authors, Young, Hauer, Zisko, Meister and the team were investigating a particular phenomenon they saw when they took some samples from some unusual dive team results. Now, the divers in the Antarctic waters reported that they'd never actually seen on the scallops, these little scallop species living around the Antarctic, they'd never actually seen them covered in ice, or at least any large amount of ice. And this is pretty amazing to think about. These scallops, like the Antarctic scallop Admusium colbecki, they live along the sea floor around these areas, all the rocks, but they haven't managed to freeze over. So what is keeping them unfrozen? Obviously, a skeleton can't really survive being frozen for very long. Well, when they pulled up a lot of these scallops to investigate them, they started to look at the surface of the scallop skin. Now, scallops in warmer regions have a really disordered or smooth shelled surface. And if you compare that to what they saw on the Antarctic species, well, the Antarctic species had a microscopic but very regular structure. Then, when you look at it under a microscope, you can see small ridges that run in radiating patterns out across the shell. Now, how does that stop it from freezing? Well, it's actually a really interesting phenomenon. These ridges ensure that the water will freeze preferentially there. And then if it actually tries to go away from that ridgeline area, well, it forms a really thin sheet that can just be easily brushed aside by the smallest of flows of water, which means that effectively ice can't build up on that surface because it just sort of slides away. This is a really anti-icing surface itself that has developed in the skin of these scallops, which is pretty amazing to think about. And if you look at the amount of force needed to actually remove the ice from the center of the scallop compared to other scallops or other mollusks or other species in a similar niche, you can see that it requires almost no force to like push off the ice. And that's because there's really nowhere good for it to bond to and get a good grip. The ridge-like structure on the skin of these mollusk shells 
gives it enough of a deterrent for the ice for forming large, clumped in and strongly held sheets that they're easily brushed away by the smallest flows of water. Now this is interesting, not only for the mollusks themselves, because you know, as a scallop, it's a pretty handy thing to have to prevent you from freezing over, but actually the same technology could apply to trying to build kind of building ice-free shells in a number of other circumstances. For everything from, of course, for polar shipping, sending boats to the same waters as these scallops, you need the same mechanism on the surface to prevent them from freezing over. So that would be nice. But the same thing could be also be applied to all kinds of other places where you just don't want something to freeze. A good example of this is the wings of planes. We spend a lot of money and a lot of energy actually melting ice off wings of planes, especially after they land, because not only does it add extra weight, slow the plane down, but it also changes the geometry and the performance of planes and makes them more likely to burn extra fuel or crash. So getting rid of this ice is a serious issue. And there's other areas too, for example, like say a solar panel, there's a sheet of ice forming on a solar panel in a cold day, so perhaps in the depths of winter, exactly when you want to use that solar panel to generate a lot of electricity to heat your house. Well, if it's frozen over, that's no good. But a similar type of technique there would prevent large sheets of ice forming and enable it to just simply be blown away with a small amount of wind. And this is the benefit of learning from animals. This kind of biomimicry, we can actually enhance the type of products and materials that we develop and deploy in all kinds of different applications. From learning about unusual creatures, in this case, the Antarctic scallop. And that's one of the benefits of what often is just simple fundamental research in science. You can learn some pretty amazing things with wide-ranging applications. In this case, learning from Antarctic scallops to help actually keep our planes flying in the sky. Now, this research was published in the Journal of Communications Biology. Authors included Wong, Hauer, Cisco, and Meister. I go from one tale of biomimicry involving a mollusk, well, to another. And if you ever th try to pry off a mussel from anything from wood to rock, you'll know that these mollusks are incredibly difficult and stubborn to remove. And likely, many people throughout aeons have been fascinated. What is the secret for this stickiness? How have they managed to secrete themselves so strongly that it's so annoying and complicated to get off? We wonder this, so do many creatures that try to eat these things as well. And researchers have been trying to replicate the same extraordinary level of adhesion that these muscles are able to create in the lab. Now, Researchers published in the Journal of American Chemical Society outlines with work from Northwestern University, not just trying to match and replicate this, but actually create a coating that's able to improve on the super strong glue that these muscles are using. Now, this paper was developed with lead author Org Berger, along with principal investigator Nathan Gianeschi, and then researchers Bastiello, Chen, Otake, Zwicka, Tulmanerk, and Vang. At the end result, what these researchers was fundamentally developed was a new type of polymer that can be used as an adhesive, not just in an industrial setting, but also in a biomedical context, because you can get it to stick to specific tissues in the body. 
And it's a molecular-based technique they use to develop, which could be used not only from an industrial and coding setting, but all the way down to helping repair wounds or assist with healing mechanisms. Now, what they developed a lot of these around was the interesting molecular structure here. So proteins like those secreted by muscle feet are found all the time in nature. And they basically create these really long linear chains of amino acids that repeat over and over again called tandem reteep proteins or TRPs. Sometimes these are stretchy, strong and sticky. This protein framework is, is everywhere. You can see it in insect wings and in legs, spiders, in spider silk, in the muscle feet. It's all over the place. Nature really likes this mechanism because actually it's a pretty successful technique. These really long chains of amino acids are actually a pretty good building now, scientists have known for a while the exact primary sequence of amino acids that make up many such proteins, yet it's really tricky to actually replicate that when it comes to a lab-based setting. And not only replicate it, but actually still maintain the same quality that makes them so useful in the first place. So the trick is how to get, in a lab-based way, a method for actually manufacturing these really long tandem retreat proteins in a way that you can actually not actually lose the super stickiness that you, you really want. And so the lead author in this paper, or Berger, came up with an idea based around his study of peptides. And it was based around arranging the amino acid building blocks differently to replicate the proteins rather than trying to just directly copy the straight structure that they see in the muscle proteins. By taking a building block of one of the proteins, which in this case was a 10 amino acid sequence long that makes up the muscle foot protein, and then throwing that into that building block into a synthetic polymer, Berger found that they could actually not only just replicate it, but also enhance the actual properties. Rather than slavishly trying to simply mimic and reproduce what they saw in the muscle proteins, by trying to use synthetic polymers as a base, it was actually a bit more successful and actually improved the material as well. And they, when they did this process, they actually changed a little bit the approach that they'd normally seen in other reproduction type studies. And proteins arrange amino acids as chains, but instead we took them and arranged them in parallel on a dense synthetic polymer backbone, as Gineshi says. This is the same we've done to control specific biological interactions. So the platform technology is there for future therapeutics. So it's already an existing technique that they have. And they've adapted that existing technique and applied it now to this creation of this synthetic muscle foot glue. And so when they took this framework of existing techniques, of making these linear parallel change of the polymer backbone. When they took that technique and they ended up with something that looked more like a brush of peptides rather than the long looping amino acids in a straight long chain. And while it might be adding an additional step, in many ways it's actually not. It's skipping ahead by forming these protein-like polymers, PLPs, because you can basically take formed peptides and the synthesizer and, and put them back in that backbone rather than having to go through long, arduous steps of regenerating and making all these steps in this long protein chain. So an existing framework and method that they applied and a way that builds on the building blocks of basically synthetic production techniques by taking that and then using the actual muscle proteins themselves and just changing how they're created in the lab setting, they actually not only in replicated the strength of the muscle foot proteins, but actually made it way stronger. They're only meant to mimic it, but they actually tested it in several different assays and found it was actually stronger than the native material in many settings. And as a proof of concept, what they've done here is making a polymer-based protein mimic. What, as a concept and as a structure for being able to mimic existing proteins, complicated proteins found in nature, with these protein-like polymers, PLPs, 
the researchers have sort of built a framework which they could use to mimic other materials, like resolent, for example, a stretchy protein you can find in insect legs or wings. Now, if you could find a way to produce that by mimicking it with a polymer base, that would be amazing because you could use that for all kinds of things, from robotics or to, to drones. So this is an ability to create some really precise materials out of polymers that draws from the best techniques of protein-based systems or actual real-life systems in, in creatures and animals that we can then create adaptions or improvements of using synthetic polymers. This is a pretty amazing research, which is pulling together not only detailed chemistry, but also a deep understanding of what's happening on, on molecular level on lots of biological systems. This paper was published in the Journal of American Chemical Society, and lead author was Org Berger, along with a team of others. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Way. From learning how what makes mollusks so strong and then adapting and improving it to ways that Antarctic scallops can survive in super cold waters and finding it in the superstructures that enable them. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.